This is the ICO Alert Podcast, episode 15. I'm your host, Robert Finch, founder of ICO Alert. ICO Alert maintains the only comprehensive list of every single initial coin offering. That includes all of the active ICOs that are happening now, as well as all of the upcoming ICOs. You can check out the full list on our website at icoalert.com. My guests today are two members of the PlayKey team. We have Igor Guryev, the CEO of PlayKey, and Roman Apishin, the CMO of PlayKey. During the podcast, we'll talk about the PlayKey platform, why they're decentralizing their currently centralized service that has more than 100,000 paying users, what their vision of the future sharing economy looks like, and more. Without further ado, let's get to it. Igor and Roman, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That's a great opportunity for us. Yeah, it's exciting to have you. I'm, uh, I have a, a lot I want to talk about about your platform. Uh, but first, for uh, our listeners who aren't familiar, uh, could you talk a little bit about PlayKey and, and what you guys are trying to accomplish? So PlayKey is a gaming platform that uh, solves the biggest problem on the gaming market is that uh, 80% of uh, gamers, they're not able to play top-end game titles because their computer is obsolete or low-end and they just don't have enough money to upgrade their computer or make these upgrades every year. So that, that's the biggest challenge on the gaming market. And uh, there are like 2 billion gamers in the world, and you see that 80% of them are really struggling because of their low-end devices. So the PlayKey solves this solution by uh, launching the game in the cloud and then streaming it like a video to the end user device, to the PC, Mac, or Smart TV, or Android, set the box, wherever. So all the rendering and all the calculations are in the cloud. Uh, so you can play on any device, top-end game titles without upgrading and wasting money on a new computer. Uh, okay, so you're essentially allowing people to play any video game on your server, and then they're just kind of streaming it to their screen? Uh, so so we, are, uh, we are providing our gamers uh, a powerful server that is currently leased by ourselves or owned by ourselves so we, we give the gamer like a, a virtual machine with a great graphic card with uh, a lot of ram and uh, cpu power so you can launch any game you want and play it with great quality and high resolution oh wow that's awesome so how does that work i mean how how do you prevent there from being a ton of latency and, and from the platform lagging like how do you play a game in real time on a computer that's you know, maybe hundreds of miles away from you. So if the server is located inside your country, that works really great. You have the latency maximum, like five milliseconds. Uh, so if the server is a bit far away, the latency uh, will increase. Uh, but it's fully playable within the radius of like 5,000 kilometers from uh, where, where the server and where the gamer allocated and uh, our plans regarding the decentralization is to uh, increase the quality of uh, our product for gamers because the, the the miners will be available to host our game sessions and then uh, share their resources with the gamer okay very cool and let's talk about that because I, I think 
you know, a lot of the the ICOs that we bring on this podcast generally, you know, haven't launched any version of their platform in the past, um, especially not a centralized version. But what's unique about PlayKey is that you guys already have, if if I'm understanding correctly, more than a hundred thousand paying subscribers. Um, and this ICO is kind of to move you guys from a centralized platform to a decentralized platform. So my question is, if, you're, if your platform is already working really well as a centralized platform, you have 100,000 people who are paying you to use it, why are you trying to decentralize? Like, what, what benefits are you going to get from decentralization? Well, yeah, Roma can add. Yeah, yeah, I can add. Well, first of all, the speed of scaling. Uh, for now, it's really long process for us to bring our service to other markets. And the problem is not in advertising or marketing or something. The problem is in servers logistic. When this platform is centralized, we have to find these servers on the market, uh, somehow buy it or rent it, and uh, somehow deliver to the data center in that country where we are going to launch our service. And uh, this process really takes months, not even weeks, but months. Wow. Uh, and also, also, it's, well, really expensive when we should pay for this ourselves in advance, always in advance, uh, and uh, it will increase cost for end users. And uh, this is not the way we are going to uh, to go. That's why we are hoping to decentralize all this process because when one user can play on the PC of other user, so gamer plays on the PC of minor, uh, he can choose the server closest to his location and uh, he will receive excellent quality and a lot of miners spread all over the world will allow us to move much more faster and bring this unique opportunity to play uh, on any obsolete device uh, in a really cool high-tech games for millions of users. Okay, that's awesome. So you guys are essentially allowing anyone to kind of lease their computing power to the network and then anybody can use that to play a, a high-end video game? Absolutely, yeah. This is the core idea. Okay, that's very cool. So that's very similar to something like Golem, I guess, that uh, where you can use computing power, where you guys are kind of using it for video games, so more of the graphics card. Um, that's awesome. When when somebody does that, so if I lease my computing power to the network, like I have a, a big gaming computer set up in my house, um, if I say, okay, I want to contribute that to PlayKey, how does that process work, and do I get rewarded for it? Yeah, sure. So you, you sign the con smart contract with the gamer, and you get like 75% of uh, all the cost of this transaction and you define the cost of this transaction yourself. So th that means if you, have, if you want to have more customers, in this case, you, you can make the price lower or you can join the preferred prices uh, that will be available on uh, our website. So after uh, after that, you will sign the smart contract. If you will uh, satisfy and fulfill all the requirements of the smart contract, you will be paid in tokens. Okay, very cool. So what yeah. happens? Let's say like I'm essentially hosting my computer on PlayKey, uh, letting other people play on it. Um, what happens if suddenly like my power goes out, or I turn off my computer, or I want to play a game and I just like cut off PlayKey? Does the person that was playing a game on my computer suddenly get cut off as well, or are they kind of spread across multiple computers? Uh, 
in this case, the smart contract won't be executed. So in this case, you won't be paid. It's like it's same like if you're like a taxi driver and you decided to like, just stop finishing your ride with the customer and tell him he'll get get out from the car. Okay. So, so <laughs> yeah, so that that means we have to develop the special service level agreements with miners and be sure that they will fulfill the smart contract. Uh, okay, that's a great idea. So it's kind of time-based in a way? Like I could say, oh, I want to lease that computer for three hours, and if they don't fulfill the full three hours, I get my money back. Yeah, Roma? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, can say in details how the smart contract will be tuned up, but the, the logic is absolutely correct. Uh, all the terms will be announced before the smart contract is uh, signed by both sides. So... Uh, the, the core idea is that end user will receive full uh, full scale of service, and if not, uh, smart contract is well terminated, and uh, miner can't earn. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, does this work for consoles as well? Like, if I have a, a PS4 or an Xbox One or some kind of gaming console rather than a, a computer, can I lease that to the network, or does it only work for PC games? So on the current stage, we are focused on the PCs. We're thinking about like making the share economy model with the gaming consoles, but this will come in the future because the PC market is really huge and the problem is uh, really challenging. So you, you, you can just go to this Steam hardware survey, just type this in, in the Google, and you will see all the data of the Steam customers. You will see exactly that uh, lots of, Steam users, they're not able to launch their game titles because of they just don't have enough graphic power on their computer. Yeah, I mean, if this works, it'll be uh, it'll be awesome for me. Like I said, I have a gaming PC, but one of my really good friends who I've known since kindergarten, um, since we were just really, really little kids, um, we play video games together all the time. But unfortunately, his computer is getting older and it's slower and it's hard to play competitively online. So if he could, for example, use PlayKey and then you know access a, a really powerful computer that he could play on, um, it would be awesome if, if this works. Is this is this something that's been around for a long time? Like, have you been testing this over a year, um, or, or is it something that's that's a bit more recent? Like, my question is basically, how much have you tested the platform to ensure that it works? So we started the development of this platform about four years ago, and about two years we are in commercial in Europe. So we have 100,000 paying customers in Europe. That means we have t tested a lot of uh, different hypotheses how to make this service much better. So I, I mean that we face a lot of troubles with uh, uh, encoding the video, with capturing the frames of the game by sending the, uh, these frames to the end user device, decoding them. So yeah, we, we face a lot of challenges. I think that we have invested uh, several million dollars in our current gaming service. So yeah, that, that's not not easy. That's it's really hard business. Yeah, that's crazy. So if I want to, for example, play a game on a PC, like right now when I play on my the gaming PC at my house, um, I have to go in. Generally, when I install a new game, it's like maybe five, ten gigabytes. Um, so it takes a while for me to install it and get it all set up. How does that work with this? Like, do I have to? request that someone installs the video game I want to play on their computer before I can can actually play it? 
we suppose that miners will have some pre-installed bundles. So, for example, we will offer the most playing games, uh, the list of most playing games, and uh, the majority of miners, I suppose, will choose uh, these games to be installed, so gamers could have a quick access. Uh, the core idea is that gamer shouldn't wait while some miner on the other part of the world or in the other city will install something for him. No, everything will be pre-installed. Also, miner can choose well less popular games to be installed and try to attract the lovers of these specific games. And maybe this will be he his advantage against other miners or competitors and competitive advantage. Uh, so this is how it works. Uh, the games will be pre-installed to miners' machines. Uh, okay, cool. So if I wanted to play a new game, I could just kind of request somebody to pick it up and, and they would install it and I could go from there. Uh, yeah, we'll, pro- we'll provide uh, uh, the fresh fresh titles. Uh, we'll inform miners that, yes, we... We have this game, that game, and you should install it because there will be demand. So, Okay, that's cool. And the one big question I had, you know, digital rights management or DRM is a pretty big thing in, in the video game industry. You know, in the past, we would just kind of go out and you buy like a physical disc to play a, a video game and you could then sell that disc to other people. But generally, there's some kind of online key um, that you need to activate the game to actually play it online. So... Let's say if I want to play Grand Theft Auto V, for example, and, and I request somebody who has that game, do I actually have to buy Grand Theft Auto V to play it? Or is that one person just kind of leasing out access to that game? You, you have to own the game. So because the publishers, they want to stay in the current business model. Yeah. So that means if the game, if, if the game should be activated in Steam or uh, like Rockstar Social Club, as an example with GTA V, or you play or origin from electronic cars, so you have to own this game, and you so you you you, you need your own Steam account to access and start playing the game. Uh, if the game is like free to play, like most of the MMO games, so in this case you don't need to to pay. You you just need to sign the contract with the miner and uh, take his resources and start playing the game without buying it. If the game is free to play. Okay, that makes sense. And how does the the security portion of this work? So like you mentioned MMOs. So if I'm logging into something like World of Warcraft or something else where the currency in these games actually has real world value. And because of that, a lot of people try to, you know, steal logins for for different accounts. If I'm logging into, say, World of Warcraft on on someone else's computer, are they able to intercept that and access my account or is it encrypted or, or secure in some way? Yeah, sure. It's it's fully secured by our software. The the miner won't be able to cheat and hack your account for one hundred percent. Okay. And and yeah. going back to your point about uh, you know publishers want to keep the same business model. I think it's interesting because like I was saying, I mean we've seen a, a several different changes in business models from actually going out and buying a disc to now on consoles and on a lot of PCs you just buy the game online and, and download it and install it right there. Um, do you think if PlayKey is successful enough that you could actually convince these game developers to kind of do uh, game distribution on a, a streaming basis, kind of like a Netflix for video games, where you know Netflix started out just shipping physical CDs to people's houses, and uh, now you can stream really any movie or any TV show. Do you guys foresee something like that with gaming, where rather than anybody having to actually buy a game, they could go in and 
just say, oh, I want to play Grand Theft Auto 4 for, uh, or Grand Theft Auto 5 for a couple hours. I'm going to pay, you know, a dollar to the publisher and the other dollar is going to go to the person running the computer. Is that something you guys foresee? Uh, yes, this is absolutely possible. Uh, the only thing we need to to make this change is a bit more weight. I mean, the whole current market is a, is a great amount of money, great amount of companies. And to change the, uh, the business model in general, we need to have more weight in our servers, more users, more miners, more players. Right. And, uh, th- this is why we are going to to scale it in uh, tens and dozens, in hundreds of times, and then this is absolutely possible. Awesome. I noticed on your road roadmap, speaking of you know getting more weight, getting more users, uh, 25% of the funds that you guys raise in the ICO um, have been allocated to go towards marketing to, quote, acquire 10 million new players. So, Roman, since you're the, uh, the chief marketing officer, how do you guys plan on accomplishing uh, 10 million new players? I mean, that's a huge amount of people. Well, yes, this is a huge amount of people, but the size of the market, uh, the volume of the market allows us to reach this amount of people. And actually, we are going to build our marketing strategy in two ways. Uh, the first part is PR activities to uh, to get strong brand and uh, high brand awareness on the markets. Uh, well, actually, we are aiming on North America, Latin America, Asia, and Europe. Uh, as core markets, uh, four core markets. Uh, and the second part of, uh, of our marketing strategy is uh, direct advertising. We, we use, well, general channels like uh, search advertising, like CPA networks, like Facebook, Twitter, and other social networks. And uh, for, for, for funds raised during ICO, for that part that we allocate to marketing, we are going to reach 1 million users during first year uh, from the moment when our decentralized platform is online. And uh, in the following two years, we are going to reach uh, the, the point of 10 million players in our ecosystem. Wow, that's huge. I mean, <laughs> that's a huge amount of people, um, but I think it's definitely possible. I mean, you mentioned the size of the market. I was, I was pretty surprised. I mean, I'm a big video game fan myself, as you probably gathered, um, but I was surprised there are 2.2 billion gamers in the world, which is crazy because there are still several billion people in the world out of you know seven or eight billion people that don't have access to the internet. So, of all the people that have access to the internet, I mean, a huge percentage of them are, are gamers that are playing video games. Um, it mentions on your website it's a hundred nine billion dollar annual industry, the the video game industry. Um, how much are you guys planning to make off of these ten million people? Like, how much does the service cost now as a centralized service, and how much will it cost uh, me if I play video games, you know, an hour every day? How much is it going to cost me as a user to actually use PlayKey? So right now we have the prices starting from $1 per hour. Uh, and if you want to have a monthly subscription, you pay about like $10 per hour up to $20 per hour, depending on the quality of the server you want to use. So a month. A month, yeah, a month. Yeah, a month. So if, if you want to play uh, with the 60 frames per second with the ultra high-end quality you, you, you need to purchase the top tier uh, subscription if you want to save your money or you're not so uh, a hardcore gamer so you can just play with the 30 frames per second with a lower than 
full HD resolution. So depending on your requirements, uh, you can pay different numbers. Uh, we have also a weekly packages uh, that, that are about like $5 per week. So everything is flexible. I mean that you can choose what, what you really want depending on uh, how, how often you play, how long do you play, which games do you like to play. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really convenient. Yeah, I mean five dollars five dollars a week sounds uh, pretty great, but the the ten or twenty dollars an hour seems very expensive. Is that just for? No, no, no it's, it's ten to twenty dollars per month. It's not per hour. Oh, per I month. Mean, okay. So, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, gonna yeah. say because twenty dollars an hour. I mean that that would be ridiculous. You would just buy a, a gaming PC. So that makes sense. Ten or twenty a month. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's in line with a lot of the subscriptions for online games. So uh, for for ones that that require a payment every month. So I mean that makes a ton of sense. If I can play all the different games I own for only you know ten or twenty bucks a month, that that sounds like a great deal. Um, and and obviously much much cheaper than buying a new PC every two or three years. Um, it's interesting. I mean, are there limits to the hardware that I can run PlayKey on? Like, could I go out and buy an old hundred dollar laptop and run a PlayKey game on that? Yes. Yes, sure. Okay, so my computer could be just terrible. I basically just need a screen and a keyboard to to make it work. Yeah, you're right. So you don't you don't need uh, uh, to you know so you don't you don't need the graphic card inside your computer because all the rendering, all the calculations, all the processor processing of the game is in the cloud. So if your device is capable to display the video uh, like a YouTube video, then it will work fine for you. Yeah, I tell you, this is uh, the main criteria. If you can watch YouTube via the internet on your device, on, on your laptop or notebook, etc., then you can use Blakey service. Okay, that's awesome. That's that's super powerful. I mean, it, it, it may be something where, like, if this is actually a good service, if, you know, the latency really is only five milliseconds, I mean, I could see a lot of people selling their gaming PCs and then just subscribing to this and playing from a, a worse computer. Yeah, yeah. I, I, no, 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 no. I think don't think about selling their PC, but they just won't save save the money on upgrading their computer. Oh, that's so a they, great point they, as well. Yeah, they just won't do it in the future. So it will save them like billion of dollars. I think uh, which they can invest somewhere else, and that's a great. Yeah, it's interesting. I was looking to see if if anybody else was trying to do something like this, and I found one other company, um, Nvidia, who makes graphics cards they have a, a a program called geforce now it's uh, based on like the nvidia geforce graphics cards um do you all see them as a, a real competitor even though they're a centralized service yeah in future they, they can make uh, the service very close to us but we see that the attraction is is really poor so they spend about several uh, two two years on making their their own gaming console and we see that uh, the sales of this gaming console is really poor uh, because it costs like two two hundred dollars. I think it's really close to the Xbox or PS4, and uh, they haven't released uh, the version for uh, for the PCs right now. So they have a beta only for Mac. So uh, I think it's for for Nvidia. It's really hard to make the software. Because the the company is focused on developing the graphic cards, and um, yeah, things don't go right with uh, GeForce now. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the interesting thing, uh, sorry, I add a bit. Uh, the interesting thing, thing is that our current centralized service, Playkey, uh, has some potential competitors, like, well, uh, GeForce Now from NVIDIA, uh, though it uh, has some, some real problems Igor mentioned. Uh, but as for decentralized platform, for now, we don't see any potential competitors who would uh, would pretend to uh, to fight with us for, for this market, uh, for, this real, for this idea to be realized. Uh, okay, interesting. And it's, you know, I think a lot of people listening might go, oh, NVIDIA, I mean, they're a huge company and maybe they haven't heard of PlayKey and they think it's kind of crazy that PlayKey could accomplish this, but NVIDIA can't. But, you know, when I was looking through your team, um, I noticed you have some pretty impressive members. You have advisors from Epic Games, which is a huge, very famous uh, game studio. Uh, advisors from Exola, I believe it is. X-S-O-L-L-A. I'm not sure yeah. how to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, but also relatively big in the gaming industry. They're more of a software-as-a-service layer for, I believe, buying in-game items or something like that. Um, my question for you all is, how did you and your team you know, go from gaming to cryptocurrency? When did you discover cryptocurrency and, and the fact that you could run an ICO? We started like getting a deep dive inside this uh, technology uh, latest uh, 2016 year. And this year, I think in, uh, in May, we understood that the blockchain provides us a really great, really great opportunity that uh, we can scale very fast in case of that we that move to the peer-to-peer -peer way of uh, doing the business and making the smart contracts between gamers and miners. Uh, so we started like making the everything for ICO in May. So we spent about several months on the legal part. We hired Deloitte. We formed our advisors board. And we developed the white paper. Yeah, so it took a really long time to, to make a really great ICO. Okay. Yeah, and our CTO, Alexei, started even earlier. I suppose uh, it's a pity he's missed this call. And uh, he even had his own uh, mining farm. So he uh, re really uh, dove deep into details before we started to... Uh, to build a business on it, uh, he, he personally was well, passionate with uh, blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies. Okay, very cool. So your team does have some experience with crypto before uh, you discovered ICOs. Yeah, right. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how there's kind of this theme uh, in ICOs right now, um, or, or I guess in technology in general, where a lot of things are just following a rental model rather than an ownership model. So what I mean by that, like when you see Uber, um, right now it's actually becoming more affordable to take you know, an Uber everywhere rather than to actually own your own car. Um, in a lot of cities, it already is more affordable. In many more, it will be soon, as soon as the self-driving Ubers are, are allowed to go out. I, I live in Pittsburgh, um, and there are actually self-driving Ubers on the road here. They still have people in them to take over if anything goes wrong. But it'll be interesting to see how the world kind of moves, moves towards this uh, uh, rental model rather than an ownership model. And uh, what I, I kind of wanted to ask you guys about is, what do you see as the vision of you know, the future rental economy? Do you think uh, we won't even have you know, computers at all? Maybe everybody will use a service like PlayKey to not only play video games, but also to, to do anything else that they need you know, a lot of computing power for? 
Um, what are your thoughts on on all that? Yeah, I think that a shared economy is the only way for our civilization to grow further because of we have so many people on this planet and really we don't have enough resources. Uh, if, you, if you want to scale further, we have to use these resources very wisely. So that means there is no sense to produce the computer to spend energy on making the computer if you will use all the power of this computer just like 1% of uh, its lifetime. Right. So, I, yeah, I think the shared economy is really the future. Uh, it started from the offline businesses and um, like uh, taxis and uh, renting the flats, houses, and right now it's moving into the IT industry very fast. Yeah, you're right. So what for to spend your money on uh, upgrading your computer every year if you use it like only several hours a week? So it's better to save this money and invest them somewhere else. I don't know, in the education, buying the books, so going to the vacation, wherever. And we are trying to help our uh, gamers to do that. So that, that's our vision. So we, we think that uh, you will be able to play uh, if you only have a display and all the like rendering and uh, uh, processing of the software will be in the cloud because it really saves a lot of money for uh, our current world. Yeah, it's such a cool concept and it's cool that the, the platform actually works now. It's not just some futuristic concept. Like you guys already have a system that does this. Um, but it's interesting. I mean... I don't think I agree with you. I don't think a future where, you know, we just have screens is is that far away to the point where, you know, you might not even buy an Apple computer. You may just buy an Apple screen or something that connects you to this global supercomputer through Golem or PlayKey or something like that. Um, so it's really interesting. Um, Roman, do you share the same thought on that or do you want to expand on that at all? Uh, well, I don't think I can expand something. The main idea is that this vision is uh, proved already by living examples uh, like uh, car sharing, like flat sharing, and so on. So, yeah, th this is the future we are already moving to. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about uh, your token model a little bit. So you guys obviously have an ICO coming up. Uh, could you talk a little bit about when that starts and how people can join? So right now we're on the pre-sale. We work with the VCs and blockchain funds and individuals who are looking forward to contribute large numbers. So we accept checks starting from 60 Ethereum and more. We provide special discounts for uh, these contributors on the pre-sale starting from 25% and up to 35%. Uh, we plan to launch the public ICO in November. Our current date is the 1st November. Uh, and yeah, so right now we are getting prepared very hard for making the ICO in November. So a lot of marketing, uh, we spend like, I don't know, hundreds of, uh, of the time on uh, developing the product. And so, so ma making our business much more attractive to the investors. Yeah, that's great. And you guys are, you'll have a, an Ethereum token, is that correct? Yeah, we, we are making the, the token on Ethereum. It, it's fully utility. So the token will be used inside uh, um, our current business. So we, we, we will migrate all the transactions that we have currently in dollars or in euro into the transactions in tokens. 
uh, that means that uh, we need like three to six months to implement and tokenize our current business with the revenue, with the gamers, with the paying customers. And we believe that that would be really helpful for uh, not only for the gamer, but it would be really valuable for investor because uh, comparing with lots of, I think, hundreds with other ICOs who has only the landing page, we have a working business and uh, we can implement token very fast. So if the token will be used inside our platform, we believe that the price of the token will go up and uh, all our investors will be really satisfied. Oh, okay, great. And where uh, where can people try this? Like, is it possible for somebody who's interested in PlayKey to to actually download your software and try it out right now? PlayKey.net, and you can play. Uh, the only thing is that it's better to be located in Europe uh, because from the US, your experience may be a bit worse because of latency. Oh, okay, so all of your servers are located in Europe right now? Uh, for now, yes, I suppose we have one or two servers like demo machines in US, but the majority play really useful for playing services, servers in Europe. Okay, that makes sense. Then, like you said, it'll be great uh, as soon as you open this up to a global audience where anybody can add in their, their PC. I mean, you're going to very quickly have computers in every country, I'm sure. So that's uh, a really interesting application for decentralization because, you know, there are a lot of companies that I think they see ICOs and they see all the money in the space and all the fundraising going on and they just kind of force a reason to be decentralized. But I think you guys have a real real benefit that you're gaining from being decentralized, the, the ability to scale very quickly. Um, so it's awesome to see. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's a great feedback for us. We are really inspired when we hear such uh, feedback from the, our customers, from our followers. It like, provides us with uh, a lot of more motivation to continue and develop our product further yeah that, that, that's really yeah that's really helpful yeah yeah and that's one of the reasons why i asked you know why why are you becoming decentralized why do you need a token and all these kinds of questions because there's been a, a lot of criticism lately um in particular for bigger icos like kick that launched the kin token where uh -huh. Kin already has a, a, a digital currency, if you want to call it that, in their app. It's totally centralized, but because it's centralized, it's super easy for all of their users to use. It's very easy to send. If they lose their password, they can recover it, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of people were criticizing them and saying, look, you guys are just kind of forcing this token model in because now a token and having to store a token securely is actually going to be harder for your users to use. Um, why do you guys need to do this? And they're also not decentralizing any of their platform. Um, and it, it's not just Kin that's come under criticisms for that. There are many other ICOs, so I don't want to single them out. Um, but like I said, it's, it's always very refreshing to see somebody that, that's using it for uh, you know, a real benefit. Um, Talking about your, your current roadmap, uh, you know, you said the current version is up now. If you're in Europe, it's very easy to play on your website. Um, what does your roadmap look like for the next few years? Uh, when can I actually lease my computer to this? When can I use the, the decentralized version of this? I suppose we'll need uh, about half of the year till the end of ICO to show the first public version of, uh, of decentralized platform. In my opinion, uh, to be realistic, it, uh, it may be in August or September of 2018. Okay, that's not too bad. So to have everything up and running August of 2018? Yeah, right. Okay, great. 
Yeah, now I think would be a good time to talk uh, about the Play Key Foundation. So one of the interesting aspects of ICOs that many people may not be familiar of if uh, you're new to the ICO space or the crypto space in general um, is this concept of foundation. So there are a lot of foundations that kind of uh, are the stewards for funds of different projects. So like Ethereum has a foundation, Bitcoin has a foundation, and it's this nonprofit foundation that kind of um, aims to, I guess, set out a roadmap for the for for the different platforms that they support and, and kind of uh, manage the funds in a way. Is is the Play Key Foundation similar? Is is that going to be the role of the Play Key Foundation? So the main the main uh, I think vector of this foundation is to develop the miners community. So we we think that the miners community is really very important to grow this gaming business further. So we have to be sure that all the miners, they understand how everything works, so how they can start sharing their hardware with the gamers. And um, so we plan to develop uh, special conferences for miners and help them in different ways to start uh, sharing their hardware and miners in different countries. We think that they will join our community and uh, will push so push this business higher and higher because right now the biggest challenge what we see is that so we have more customers that we are able to afford from the server side and we think that uh, our proactive approach to the miners community will like develop the miners in different parts of the world that they will start sharing their hardware uh, the second thing for uh, the foundation will be uh, so taking the decisions how the product shall look like. So what will be the pricing policy in which countries, in the, which languages we shall uh, start on the first stage uh, and on which screens shall we make our product available on the smart TVs or on mobile or on the tablets. And we we have really big plans to get the feedback from our customers and the foundation will be responsible for uh, talking and making the customer development with uh, our audience uh, and with miners community to so to hear people from both sides from the side of the gamer and from the side of the miner we also plan to implement some global initiatives uh, like like working with the government uh, authorities to make this like more uh, more clear for the government in different countries because right now you see that the block the blockchain industry is is not like really accepted everywhere so we we are trying to make everything uh, secure and to make all the like government authorities really happy because we save like a lot of money for uh, for people then they can spend this money on some more things uh yeah that, that, that that's that's our main uh, intention on of the uh, the foundation that's awesome that sounds yeah. sounds great roman did you do you want to add to that yeah uh, yeah also about 20 percent of foundation revenue will be of course reinvested in marketing and uh, to be specific in user acquisition so we could inform more and more players all over the world that they have new opportunity because if we don't do that nobody knows that they can play without uh, cool hardware high-tech hardware right yeah so when you say revenue for the foundation is that that 25 percent fee that you guys are taking 
the 25% cut. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean that. It's awesome though that you guys will, will have a, a constant marketing budget though, especially as the platform grows and you're making more and more money. I mean, that marketing budget could get pretty big. So maybe you will get to the point where you've scaled enough to have enough weight to fundamentally change the business model to, to streaming games like we were talking about. Yeah, you're right. The marketing is, is really important because the more uh, the, the, we, we will have customers, the more we'll have transactions and the higher will be the price of the token in, in this case. Because the, the amount of the token is uh, limited and there won't be further emissions. So we, we, we will uh, bring this 100 million tokens on, on the ICO and there will be no further emissions. That's awesome. So, so, yeah. so when yeah. you're talking about miners then, they're not actually mining new tokens, they're essentially just receiving tokens from other users that are leasing out their computer? Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, okay. we just call it, we just call it mining because on the, in the current world, so people who own the hardware and graphic cards, they they're called miners, right. and that, that means yeah. So here we have the same, and they get the reward by sharing their hardware uh, with with like with with the current community, the blockchain community. So we have the same, but from the gamers community. Okay, that's awesome. Well, I mean, that's a ton of info. I uh, I really appreciate it. I think that's probably a good place to stop. Um, if there's anything we didn't cover that you guys want to talk about now, uh, you have the floor. Go ahead. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> if if not, I mean, if we covered everything, you're welcome to just you know plug your website and let people know where they can find out more about Playkey. Yeah. So uh, for us, it's really helpful when we receive the feedback. Uh, from uh, from the community, so uh, I advise everybody to join our Telegram and uh, see what's going on inside. And it's it's really helpful because we'd like to hear the, our potential customers. We'd like to hear gamers. We'd like to hear miners. And so we think that only in this case of this collaboration, we can bring a really valuable product that can be in high demand from both sides from the side of the gamer and from the side of the miner. So we've, we've got a lot of ideas and we understand that perhaps not all of these ideas can be valuable for uh, our community. So it will be great for us if there will be as much like participants in uh, our community as there could be because based on the feedback from uh, these people, we'll develop our product and we'll change our roadmap according to these demands. That's awesome. So you can find more information on playkey.io and uh, there are links to all our social channels. So welcome. Let's change the world together. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate both of you being on the podcast. Igor and Roman, best of luck with uh, your project and of course, best of luck with your ICO. Yeah, yeah thank you, Robert. Thank you, thank you Robert. Yeah, that, that was really awesome to talk to you today. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I sincerely appreciate it. If you'd like to request someone to be on the podcast in the future, tweet us at ICO Alert and let us know. Most of our guests are requests from listeners just like you, so we review every single recommendation that comes through in our Twitter feed. Uh, we'll look at everything. So if there's a lesser-known project that you think we should cover, you know, let us know. Maybe we'll have them on the podcast. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and be the first to hear our new episodes. And also, don't forget to check out ICOalert.com to see the only comprehensive list of active and upcoming ICOs. I'm your host, Robert Finch, and I'll be back next week with a brand new episode.